Now would you please turn with me to your study outlines. And as you're turning, let me welcome those of you that are watching online. We are so glad that you're joining us for our study. Also our friends in Arco, Idaho, we are so glad that you are joining us, as well as those at the Hangar in Montana, and now Purpose Church in Rancho Cucamonga. We are so glad that you are joining us. Yeah, let's let them know that we are so glad uh, that they are with us here uh, as well. Now, what we're going to talk about this morning is bitterness. And to make this real practical, I don't want this to be theoretical, I want this to be practical to live in our lives and to apply to our lives, I want you to think of a person uh, that you struggle with bitterness against, or a situation in your life where you struggle with with bitterness. And then you'll see the cartoon down there that I get a kick out of. How many of you feel ever feel like the sermon is directed right at you, like you're the only person in the room? I get accusations from husbands and wives all the time, and they're like, "Do you? Did my wife email you during the week and tell you to do this? Did my husband email you?" And I'm like, "No, it's just the Holy Spirit emailing me and telling me uh, what to do." And it, it applies to all of us. It's just the applicability of the Word of God in such a wonderful way. And so this cartoon. The guy says, at times I felt like you were preaching right at me this morning. And the title of the sermon, today's sermon, Floyd, it's time to forgive Darla. Now, what I want you to do is to scratch out the name Floyd and put your own name in there, okay? Now, if your name is Floyd, and if you need to forgive Darla, you're freaking out right now, I'm telling you. you, I I have got your attention, okay? But uh, scratch out Floyd and, and put your own name there. It's time to forgive And now write that other person. And if they're nearby, put it in code. Don't just write it out there if they can lean over your shoulder and see it. But just uh, scratch out Darla and put that person or that situation where you need to forgive. Somebody said to me um, after the earlier service, they said, you know who I could put my name in both of those? Uh, Glenn, it's time to forgive Glenn. And maybe that person you most need to forgive is yourself. But put that in there and apply this. And what I'm praying is that something in God's word today is applied by the Holy Spirit, that you're not here by accident. You are here today by God's invitation, and that something that is said in God's word today, applied by the Holy Spirit, is gonna be a a trigger to change the dynamics of of that bitterness in your heart, to get get me to release my bitterness, to, to let go of it, that something's gonna change. That's what I'm praying for us in the next few minutes, that something from God's word will just just trigger that step to release that thing in our hearts towards that other person. Because bitterness, the Bible says, is disabling. It causes a lot of trouble in our relationships. Uh, they did a survey of journal, discipleship journal readers, and they ranked their areas of greatest spiritual challenge to them. Here's what they came up with. Number one, materialism. Number two is pride. Number three, self-centeredness. Number four is laziness. And then tied for fifth is anger, sexual lust, and bitterness. It's a struggle in our Christian lives. And and the Bible says that it can be so dangerous. God warns us about us. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, their vine comes from the vine of Sodom and from the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are filled with poison and their clusters with bitterness. Their wine is the venom of serpents, the deadly poison of cobras. The Bible says that bitterness in our hearts is like the poison of cobras or like the venom of a deadly serpent. It's disabling physically. Proverbs 17 verse 22, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Uh, Dr. McMillan uh, wrote a book called None of These Illnesses. 
He says, bitterness causes chemicals to rush into your system, which throws it out of balance. Goiter and high blood pressure are only a few of the scores of diseases caused by bitterness. Our resentments call forth certain hormones from the pituitary, the adrenal glands, and the thyroid, and the excess of these hormones can call forth diseases from any part of the body. The moment I start hating a man, I become his slave. I can't enjoy my work anymore because he controls my thoughts. My resentment produces too many stress hormones. I become fatigued after only a few hours of work. Things that I formerly enjoyed are now drudgery. Vacations cease to give me pleasure. I can't escape from his tyrannical grasp upon my mind. When a waiter serves a steak, it might as well be stale bread and water. The food I swallow, but the man I hate prevents me from enjoying it. Bible also says it's disabling emotionally. Proverbs 15, verse 13. A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. It disables us mentally. Uh, Chapter 15, verse 17. Better a small serving of vegetables with love. There's a verse for the vegetarians within our midst. Better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. It's disabling socially. Hebrews chapter 12 Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. That no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. It's disabling spiritually. That's probably the most dangerous of all. Uh, historians tell us about Robert E. Lee in his book, Lee, The Last Years, Charles Braceland Flood, reports that after the Civil War, Robert E. Lee visited a Kentucky lady who took him to the remains of a grand old tree in front of her house. There she bitterly cried that its limbs and trunk had been destroyed by federal artillery fire. She looked to Lee for a word condemning the North or at least sympathizing with her loss. After a brief silence, Lee said, Cut it down, my dear madam. Cut it down and forget about it. Cut it down and forget about it. What is that area of bitterness that we're holding on to? God's word says, cut it down. Release that thing. Uh, John writes, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and their sister. I was reading this past week about the feud that started in the 1880s, over a hundred-year feud between the Hatfields and the McCoys. Happened at the West Virginia, aren't they a lovely-looking group of people? I just can't imagine them having bitterness in their hearts. Uh, It started on the West Virginia and Kentucky border. And it just ended recently um, June 14, 2003, in Pikeville, Kentucky, they finally declared a, an official truce. What happened was the McCoy cousins partnered with Rio Hatfield of Waynesboro, Virginia. So it took a Virginian to bring peace between West Virginia and Kentucky. Uh, they, they declared an official truce. Over 60 descendants of the Hatfields and McCoys signed this statement, which went like this. We ask by God's grace and by God's love that we be forever remembered as those that bound together the hearts of two families to form a family of freedom in America. Uh, The governor of Kentucky and the governor of West Virginia signed a proclamation declaring June 14th as Hatfield and McCoy Reconciliation Day. 
And, and maybe that's what we need. Uh, we need a, a reconciliation day, a day in which we say, today's the day I will start the process of reconciling with that person. The Bible says that bitterness is condemned. You know, we tend to think that bitterness is kind of one of those nickel and dime sins. I mean, there's big deal sins like adultery and murder. And then there's little dinky sins like gossip or slander or, or bitterness in this case. But you know, God, it's a big deal to God. And I think one of the reasons it's a big deal to him is because he realizes how much harm it brings to his children. He knows how much damage it does. The Bible says that bitterness binds us. The next page of your study outline. Acts chapter 8, verse 23. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. And, and so bitterness, it, it captures us. It says that when we're full of bitterness, it makes us captive to sin. I know so many people that are just so angry and negative about things. And where does that come from? Where, where's that anger? They're, they're captive to the sin of bitterness. It also binds God. It doesn't just bind us, but binds God. It keeps God from doing what God wants to do, which is, is, is in his hands that he avenges us, not in our hands. It says in Romans 12, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written... It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Now, this is a little bit sick and contrary to the spirit of this message, but God's so much better at it. Let him have at it. You know, don't try to revenge yourself. Leave it in God's hands because he's got bigger resources. Now, that's completely contrary to what I'm talking about here. But at any rate, uh, bitterness blinds us. Uh, back to Hebrews 12 again. I want to emphasize the earlier part of that verse. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Without holiness, without Jesus um, uh, forgiving us and us receiving his forgiveness in this area and him filling us, we can't see the Lord. You know, I've never seen so much blindness as when a person is filled by bitterness. They, they're illogical. They will grasp onto things that don't make sense. They'll have ideas that are confusing. And it's like, where is that coming from? Well, we, be, we become blinded by our bitterness. We can't, we can't see clearly. You know, you look around the world, and you wonder about conflicts like the Hatfields and the McCoys. That was small potatoes compared to some of the big generational disputes between nations or people groups. And you just say, why, why can't people see more clearly in this? The damage it's doing to their children. You know, as, as we see what's going on in Syria with the refugee issue. And, and you just say, my goodness, carrying on these generational feuds, these ones that last from century to century, what, what, what is the reason for this? And it's because in our bitterness, we are bound, we are captive, we are blind. And the only thing that will free us is Jesus. Jesus is the only factor. And you can see this in world history. It is only when Christ intervenes. It is only when the Jesus factor comes into play that we were able to break these generational feuds like the Hatfields and the McCoys and break these generational things between nations or within nations. It's only the Jesus factor. That's our only hope that we have. Bitterness grinds us. It says in Ephesians 4 verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God uh, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. How do I grieve the Holy Spirit, Christ within me? 
boy, I want to read with special attention the rest of this because I, I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I know you don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? Get rid of all bitterness. Bitterness about life situations. Bitterness, uh, complaining spirit about other people. That grieves the Holy Spirit. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. There's the solution right there. There's the Jesus factor. As Jesus hung on the cross, and he looks at the people that are torturing him and executing him. If there was anybody who had a right to be bitter, it was Christ on the cross, But what does he do as God in human form? He enters into our world filled with bitterness and rage and dispute and disagreements. And he hangs on the cross and he looks at those executing him and torturing him and says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And that changes the equation. Everything changes in that moment. I've even talked about historically in the world, there wasn't even the concept of charity before Christ. There wasn't the concept of forgiving your enemies before Christ. Jesus brought this into the world. It was a brand new concept. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And it is only the Jesus factor. It is only in Jesus that we can hope to forgive each other because he has forgiven us. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. And walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God on the cross. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the power of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is only as we cry out to Jesus that we have the power to forgive. It is only as we call on his name that we have the ability to forgive. I always say that in marriage, sometimes the most practical thing you can do is just cry out the name of Jesus. Jesus, she's driving me crazy. (laughs) Jesus, he's done it again. You know, or with our children, dear Jesus, stop my hand of vengeance right now. (laughs) Thus verily, Uh, you know, it, it is, that's the thing that changes everything. And so before I finish up this message, I just got to make sure that you've opened up your heart to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Without Jesus, this is just a a theoretical exercise and kind of a self-help talk. That's all it is. Without the power of Jesus, it's just a self-help talk. But with the power of Jesus, it changes everything. And so I want to give you that chance before we finish things up. Would you, would you turn with me to the next page in your study outline? I think it's page five, upper left-hand corner. It says, how to become a follower of Jesus. How to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord. And, and the Bible says we love because he first loved us. We can forgive because he has forgiven us. Number one, admit your condition before God. Admit that I need forgiveness. I have done things for which God should be bitter against me. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory or the perfect standards of God. But then B, believe that Jesus Christ is God's only solution to that condition. For the wages, the result of my sin, of my bitterness, of my lack of forgiveness, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life 
in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And then you choose to follow Jesus as your Savior and Lord. You choose to open up your heart to his forgiveness so now you will have the ability with his power to forgive others. Jesus said, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. And so I want to give you a chance to do that. You're not here by accident. Okay, you're, you're not online with us right now by accident. You're not listening to this podcast later on by accident. You're not in Arco, Idaho, or Marion, Montana, or Rancho Cucamonga, California. You're not, you're not here by accident. God called you to this moment to receive him and his forgiveness so now you can forgive that other person. So would you pray silently with me as I pray out loud? Dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to earth. I believe Jesus was who he said he was and proved it by rising from death. I want to discover and begin following your plan and purpose for my life. I want to get to know you personally. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for dying for me and forgiving all my sins. Right here, right now, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for your free gift of eternal life. Thank you for your love, so now I can love others. Thank you for your forgiveness, so now with your power, I can be empowered to forgive others as well. And I pray this in Jesus' name and all God's family said, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, when the service is over in a few minutes, uh, there are these packets that look just like this, and they say, unwrap your gift, and they're piled on the, uh, the, in the lobby at the south end uh, there in the lobby, or the north end, or if you're in Arco, or, or Montana, or Rancho, uh, you will have these packets available to you, and, and get a hold of one of these. This is a free gift to our church, to you, uh, to help you in your new relationship with, with Christ. And there'll be somebody there. If you'd like to talk to somebody, that's great. But if you'd rather not, just no obligation, no pressure, just please get a hold of one of these as a gift from our church to you to help you in your new relationship with Jesus. Now that we've done that, bitterness is curable. And forgiveness is required. Uh, Matthew 5, verse 7, Blessed are the merciful, because they'll be shown mercy. Matthew 6 for if you forgive other people, Jesus said, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. James 2, verse 13, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. That's the power of Jesus. Through Jesus, mercy can triumph over Judgment. That's the, the Jesus factor. Um, people have been coming up and telling me about this. I have not seen it myself yet, and I feel really left out because everybody in the world seems to have seen this movie, The War Room. How many of you have seen that? Okay. Okay. How many of you would recommend others to see it? Number one movie in America. N number one movie in America, Labor Day weekend. Number one movie in America. I couldn't believe it. Beat out of Compton, you know, from the week before. Number two, and, and it was in 2,000 less theaters. It was number two. And then it got in more theaters and word of mouth spread. It was a number one movie in America uh, last, uh, last weekend. 
I heard Kent and Mary Dyer, who are the founders of our marriage ministry here, paid for 40 of their biblical marriage class uh, to go to that movie. So if you want free movie tickets, that's the class you, you want to go to, okay? And took them last night. And the main premise is that the war room is a prayer closet. This is what I've heard at least. And in that prayer closet, you pray, and there you can find the power to forgive and to reconcile with other people. Now, forgiveness is refusing to keep score. Now, this is something so, so important. It is not a feeling. Forgiveness is not a feeling. You've heard that phrase, forgive and forget. It's not true. You may not be able to forget for a number of years. You may not be able to think of that thing that that person did to you without getting angry and having feelings uh, for for a long period of time. That's going to be a process. But it begins with a moment of time, the act of the will to forgive that person. Okay? And so I always like to imagine that I'm in a courtroom and uh, God is the judge and I'm the prosecuting attorney. And the defendant is this person that has done me wrong. And as an act of the will, even if I don't feel like it, even if I still remember what they did, I go before the judge and I say, I drop all charges against this person. And I might do it through gritted teeth. I might do it while still feeling angry. I might do it while still clearly remembering what they did. But as an act of the will, I say, Father, you as the judge of the universe, I, I drop personal charges against this person and, and leave it to the court to decide what to do. That's what forgiveness. Now, over time, will I begin to forget? Yes. Over time, will I begin to have feelings? Yes, but it's going to take time. It doesn't mean that I forgive and the next thing I have all these warm, fuzzy feelings and rainbows and unicorns prancing in a daisy field. You know, none of that kind of thing. Doesn't mean I want to name my child after him, okay? Maybe my dog, but not my child, you know, that I want to name after him. And so uh, it doesn't mean you have those warm fuzzies. But what it does mean is as an act of the will, you have chosen to forgive this person. It's about the will. It's not about the emotions. Uh, Matthew chapter 18, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times, or that is infinitely. You just keep forgiving them the way God keeps forgiving you. 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Um, you've heard this joke, it's been around forever, but uh, about the two couple, married couple that are in with a marriage counselor, and the husband says, you know, doctor, whenever uh, she gets angry and we're in an argument, she gets all historical on me. And he says, you mean hysterical, right? And he goes, no, no, I mean historical. She lists everything I've ever done in that area over and over again. And so the Bible says we are not to keep record of wrongs. We're not to get historical with each other. Forgiveness is the only cure for bitterness. And here's the practical homework I want you to do. Before you go to bed tonight, this is the practical takeaway. First of all, you become willing. And a a beautiful prayer is, Lord, I do not feel like forgiving this person right now. I don't even desire to do it. But Lord, would you make me willing to be willing? Lord, would you change my heart so that I am willing to at least as an act of my will forgive this person? Then what you do is you make a list of all the things that they've done to offend you. Just write down on a list everything they've done uh, to hurt you in this situation. Now you make another list of everything that you or I have done 
to offend God. And that's going to be a longer list. Okay, list one list, everything they've done to hurt you. Now another list, everything I've done to offend God. Now you tear both lists up because God has forgiven you and now you tear it up as an act of the will, and you might do it through gritted teeth, and you might do it while still angry, and you might do it while remembering everything on the page, even as you tear it up. But as an act of forgiveness before God, you tear both lists up. And then you make yet another list. And this one maybe you keep. And this is going to sound crazy, but on that list, you list the positive benefits of this negative situation. You say, oh, Glenn, there are none. You get alone with the Holy Spirit, and and he'll teach you and, and reveal creatively some things. You know, person criticizes me and it hurts my feelings or whatever. Um, I, I, I can write benefits down to that. First of all, there's a kernel of truth in what they're saying, so I can learn from that. Another thing is they have now humbled me and broken me before God, so now God can bless me more because I'm broken. And my pride is broken. So now God can bless me in the areas of my life more. And you can get creative like that and think of more and more you know, advantages uh, to this negative situation, how God can use this positively w- within your life. And then finally, as we said before, realize that forgiveness is a process. It may be a moment's decision, but it leads to a process. It may just be a moment this afternoon where you write an email reaching out to somebody in your life, and the moment you push send... That is, just, that is just a moment, but it begins a process of reconciliation. The moment you push confirm on a friend request and on Facebook, it's, it's just a moment that you push confirm for that friend request, and, and that's just a moment. It, be, it begins a process. And so forgiveness starts in a moment, but it leads to a process which may not be completed until we get to heaven. But, but that process will begin, and it takes time. And be patient with yourself. And don't let you, Satan whisper in your ear, well, you didn't really forgive them because you still got this feeling, or you didn't forget. So No, no. As an act of the will, you forgave them. And now it's a process of God having the feelings follow that decision, and, and eventually it begins to fade in our memory. So with that in mind, uh, let's close with this. How long has it been since you've seen your family? Ooh, um, close to 10 years. 10 years? Yeah. What's been the hesitancy? Because I've me- messed up so many times before. You know, they've heard me say sorry a thousand times. I'm originally from Korea. My family and I moved here when I was six years old. In my culture, the family name means a lot there's expectations attached to it. I brought a lot of shame to my family because I didn't uphold those expectations. I had a heroin addiction for over 20 years. The consequences are tremendous. I ended up alone on the street and I lost my family. Well up, Father God. Thank you for waking us up this morning, clean and sober in our right mind. Thank you for this food we are about to eat. Bless the hands for prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I live here at the Union Rescue Mission, a place to recover your soul and transform your life. I've been here for 
past year and a half. Having to trust in God was really tough. I came to the realization of having to surrender. That's what he intended for me. Because of my pride and wanted to be in control, he had to humble me. You only feel his grace and his love for you when you surrender to him. This mission, this ministry exists to advance the kingdom of God. We want to follow the master. We want to be a part of the kingdom. Forgiveness is a part of the redemption. Restoration is a part of the process. That's why we're here. Forgiveness is a word to me that was foreign in the sense that I had asked for forgiveness numerous times from my family, but in all reality, I wasn't able to forgive myself for what I've done. Jesus is saying, if you're going to be in the kingdom, you need to come to terms with the work of forgiveness in your own heart. Don't do any of this alone. Talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. I'm realizing that community is necessary. We have to be in relationships. We have to answer the hard questions. That's how we grow. So your brother sent you a friend request on Facebook. Why has that been sitting in your inbox for a month and you haven't responded? And I put off contact and or trying to reconnect with my family because I was, I always felt like I needed to bring something to the table, you know, but I'm not held by those expectations anymore. Why are you ready now? What's different about today? I feel like, you know, his friend request is telling me they're ready to forgive, or I say they. Um, he symbolizes my family right now. And you're ready. I'm ready to make it happen <laughs> or let it happen. Amen. Amen. This is it. You don't keep pictures of your family. No, I lost everything that, um, mm. and it was easier to deal with not having any uh, reminders, you know. I wasted a lot of time. Too long. I would like to make amends with all of them possible, but with God, I feel like everything's going to be okay, no matter what. This whole past year and a half is like a whole new life. God has slowly been restoring me. I relied on heroin to be 
the answer to everything. Now, I leave it to God. I'm just a lost child that, you know, has come to realize and trust in God. That's it. Let's stand for the benediction. The prayer room is open. The prayer team, the prayer partners are there here on the main floor right over in this direction. And if you'd like prayer for anything, if that would be an encouragement to you, they would just love to pray with you. A physical need, financial relationship that you'd like prayed for, uh, some other thing, financial, just whatever it is you'd like prayer for, if that would be an encouragement. We have seen miracles come out of that room. Praise God. We have seen miracles in my family and in the family of our church. And we just praise God for that ministry. Take advantage of it. It's there uh, for you and for the people you love and care about. So for a benediction, I want to close with Hebrews 13, verses 20 and 21. Now the God of peace, the God of peace, that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. And all God's family said, amen. God bless you. Have a great day.